Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bible How to Study. I'm your host, Lindsay Esterline, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about journaling and how journaling can enhance our experience in the scripture. You've heard from other episodes how other guests have utilized journaling in their studying process, and today we're going to talk with Pastor CJ Cousins about how he utilizes journaling and the resources that he has available for you as well. If you're listening on the go, we have the note-taking covered for you. Just visit our website at biblehowto.com and click on the tab for those PDF notes. We'll also have the links to every resource that we talk about today, so you're going to want to grab those notes from there. to welcome Pastor CJ Cousins to our program today. Uh, Pastor CJ is the lead pastor at the Stone Mountain SDA Church, and he is also the speaker and author for Living for Him Ministry. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your ministry? Yeah, um, Living for Him was essentially, um, and by the way, thank you for having me, Lindsay. This is really a great um, privilege and opportunity to be here with you. Um, this is a wonderful podcast. Um, so living for him was basically my half yes to God to becoming a full-time pastor. I was wrestling um, during the period of 2007 to 2010 to the call to full-time pastoral ministry. And I was essentially doing mm. a Jonah. I was running away as best as I knew how away from that calling, although I was still very active in a lot of ministry type things that a lot of pastors will do and function, but I just didn't want the title. And uh, God basically closed every door in my profession and every everything that was related to pastoral ministry, those doors kept opening. And that's when I, that's around the same time I got to know you and your husband. Um, and that was, I mean, yeah. And um, you guys met me at a time where I was really um, in the valley of decision. And so what happened is um, May 2007, um, I was reading a passage in uh, 2 Corinthians. Okay. Uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, 14 to 15. And when I was reading that passage, it just, I don't know, the, 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 the name living for him just rose naturally out of that passage. And um, essentially, I basically said, okay, I'm not going to be a pastor, but I will start a ministry. And whatever gifts we had, my wife is really gifted when it comes to media. She's very creative. And me, I'm, I'm content. So that's kind of how we describe our, our, our yeah. marriage partnership is she's creative and I'm content. And so I just said, man, let me just go ahead and get some things out that God's been depositing into me. We started a podcast, did some videos, um, and uh, eventually uh, put out a product. Uh, and um, we're still building, still doing it now, even after I finally surrendered the call to pastoral ministry. You've never looked back. So the way I would describe living for him now is living for him is coming out of, of my personal testimony along with my wife, um, out of our gifting. And it's a, it's a ministry about uh, the gospel. And then in light of those receiving the gospel, it's an equipping ministry for discipleship. And so we're really passionate about it. Um, it's, a, it's a resource we want people to be able to take full advantage of if they themselves personally or a small group or a church 
wants to understand what it means to be disciples that make other disciples. Awesome. That sounds like a great resource for our listeners as well. So we'll be sure to link that in our PDF notes so that they can have access to that too. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with me. Um, so on today's program, we're talking, we're talking about journaling and this might be a new concept as far as it's pairing with Bible study for some folks. So the big question here is how can actively engaging in scripture through journaling enhance our study process? So we've already kind of been introduced to journaling through um, my episode with Dr. Talbot. She suggests having a journal and writing those observations as you read the Bible. Um, but since you've shared with me how passionate you are about journaling as part of your personal Bible study experience, um, how has it really affected your studies? Journaling is something that when I would um, see other people do this in my walk with Christ, like, you know, as I've been growing since I first uh, really received Jesus, received the gospel, um, I thought people that journaled were those that were like really, really deep, like really, really super spiritual. And I kind of avoided journaling most of my my life all into my my young adult years. My An elder in my church gave me a Bible reading plan. So read the Bible in a year. Prior to that, I had read parts of the Bible, read devotional journals and books, um, but I had never really read, just read. Not, not even like studying, studying, but just reading the Bible. And I decided, yeah, let me try this. I want to try this out. I did it. It was an enriching experience. I fell in love with reading the Bible. Um, it, it certainly sparked the desire to want to study the Bible more. Um, but I kind of, when I finished reading the Bible, I kind of went up, check, you know, oh, yeah, did that, put the Bible down for a while. Mm. Um, because I felt like it was like on my bucket list. And I kind of like, that, check that, did that. And I could tell people I read the entire Bible. <laughs> um but as, as enriching and as closer, yes, I felt to God, um, there was still, I felt like there was something missing from my daily rhythm. I need something to help focus my thoughts. Okay. I need something to help me just crystallize reading the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Jesus said in John 5, 39 and 40, uh, and 40, 39 and 40, he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are, uh, but they are they which testify of me. And so, when I, and then he says in verse forty, "But you will not come to me, uh, that you may have life." Right. So I'm I'm listening to that. And I'm saying to myself, "Okay, so when I come to the scriptures, I need to come to the scriptures looking for Jesus. Got that? And in doing so, I will find life in Him. Amen. Amen." Um, then you read in Luke 24, where he's with the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he basically says to them, hey, this entire time, you've misunderstood Messiah because you were not reading all of Torah and all of the rest of the prophets, basically the Old Testament scriptures, in the light of the crucified and risen Messiah. And it's, it's only when he does that with them that they say, man, did not our hearts burn within us when he opened, expounded, um, the scriptures to us on the road. And that word open there means like the opening the eyes of the blind. 
Right. Now they can finally see what the Bible is all about. Now they got this heartburn experience. I'm like, yep, I want that. So I wanted that to be focused and nothing helped me focus what I was reading in the lens of the gospel more than journaling about it. Awesome. So what I did was I said, okay, when I journal, when it comes to observations, right? Dr. Talbot and others that might use the SOAP method of reading and studying the Bible. Um, my observation goes like this. It's twofold. The first thing I look for, or the first entry in my journal, is what did I see in God's character of love? Okay. Wherever I'm reading, I just look for that to emerge. And lo and behold, I've been reading through the Bible every year for many years now. There's always something coming out, no matter where I'm reading, that's revealing to me some aspect of God's character of love. And then the second thing I'm looking for, my second journal entry, is now as the greatest revelation of God's love. So it's flowing out of the previous entry. And you'll see that each of these that I'm going to mention, there's four of them, they all flow out of each other. God's character of love. And then the next thing I look for is as the greatest revelation of God's character of love, what picture of Jesus or him crucified uh, did I see that gave me assurance of salvation? What picture of Jesus or him crucified gave me assurance of salvation for that day in what I read, right? Um, and so those first two entries are essentially the gospel framework that I read the Bible through. And then I have two others. I don't know if now is when I should share those, but, um, but essentially those, the two are in light of that gospel framework in the two uh, first entries in the last two. So now in light of me reading the Bible in, in the gospel, in light of the gospel, first two entries, the next one, the third one is in light of the assurance that I have now in Christ, what did the Holy Spirit say to me or ask me to do? And this is interesting because whenever I read, um, there's always something, a character that I relate with, a verse, a couple verses, something happening in the passage that's speaking directly to my life. Every single day, no matter how and when I do this, God is speaking to me somehow. Um, so the, the listeners to this podcast may be familiar with this pastor in California, uh, Loma Linda University, um, Dr. Pastor Randy Roberts. He said something that really sparked something in my mind. And he said, it's through what God spoke that he still speaks. It's through what he spoke in the past, what we see in scripture, that he still speaks in my present day life experience. And so um, number three is, is basically what did the Holy Spirit say to me um, or ask me to do? Now, sometimes, depending on what's going on in your life, what he's saying to you is stop, repent, mm. right? And when we read pa pars uh, passages like that in the scripture, we get deeply convicted. And the temptation for us is to be weighed down with guilt and shame. But this is the beauty of this way of journaling through scripture for me. If I've just got through reading the Bible in light of the gospel, then whatever he says to me, it could be an encouragement. It could be something positive. But if it's a convicting thing, if it's a repent thing, well, you just read that God loves you. And that love was manifested in Christ crucified and risen, and thus you have grace, forgiveness, acceptance with him, right? Assurance of salvation. So whatever he's convicting me of, it's in the light of the gospel. Yes. It's for me to let it go so that I can now, 
receive afresh in that morning the grace of God and by faith confess, turn, and then move on and in growing in grace. And um, that is, oh man, that's been life-changing for me. And then usually based on whatever he said to me, entry three, um, there's at least one verse um, that spoke to me. And so I will then hide that one verse in my heart for the day. Um, So I usually try to take one verse based on what I read that day. And that's entry four. Entry four is what's one, at least one verse that I'm going to meditate and memorize for the day. Meditate on primarily. And out of meditating on it, often by the end of the day, I'll have that just one verse meditated, you know, hidden in my heart for the day. And that has been absolutely life transform, life transformational because I found meditation on scripture, not like Eastern meditation, emptying yourself, no, just right. focusing on what's taking place in the unfolding story of scripture has a power that I think often when we're just focusing on studying, we miss. And this is something that blew me away as I've been reading through the Bible for years now. There's towering more verses, encouragements, injunctions to meditate on scripture than there is to study. And studying is critical. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. We know that Jesus studied the Bible and others studied the Bible. But in terms of the Bible, like its volume, it's encouraging us to meditate on the Bible far more. Sit with it, you know, reflect on what God just said to you. Um, kind of relive it in your mind, what you just read. What I do, and I've been talking for a, a while here. That's what right. I do is, is I encourage people to do three things in their time with the Lord. Read, meditate, and then journal through scripture. Read, meditate, journal. You read, then you close your Bible. And you and what I do personally, I go for a walk and I like to be out in nature. There's just something about being in the stillness early in the morning in the quiet of nature, if you can, weather permitting, that just brings me closer to a sense of the presence of God and um, meditating, just sitting with what I just read. And there's just something about that that has taught me how to hear the voice of God. Yeah, I think it's so interesting to hear uh, so many different takes on um, what studying the scripture means and and how how each of the people that I've talked to so far are making those connections to, I mean, like Dr. Saman called it relational Bible study because yeah. he his goal was relating to Jesus. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing that you were just sharing with us. He just had a set of different questions. So I feel like this has just been so amazing for me because I get to see how so many different amazing study scholars of the Bible are 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 doing their thing. And one of those ways is bound to resonate or, you know, maybe something will work for a little bit and be fun for a little while. And then you want to change it up and go a different direction. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's so awesome because for me right now, like even though I found this fun book um, and it's just blank, right? I just was like, wow, that, that there's a verse on here from Matthew. You know, it says with God, all things are possible. And sometimes it feels impossible to me to even carve out time to do what I know is right as far as studying the word. 
Um, but then I was thinking, you know, why is this book still blank? And it's because I, I do a lot of my journaling on the computer. Oh, I realized I used to do that when I first started this, that's what I did. Um, but I don't know if anybody has my experience. Um, whenever I'm doing Bible reading, Bible study on a device, it's mm -hmm. very easy to be distracted by the other things that are vying for my attention on that, on that device, notifications, the news, an email, a text, a phone call. Yeah. I mean, there's something, especially, you know, us folks of a certain age, there's something about the organic, <laughs> like holding, <laughs> holding a Bible and yeah. holding a pen and holding mm -hmm. a paper. But I do, you know, in the, in the busy shuffle of my days, sometimes the best I can do is, is picking up that device. And yeah. then I'm like, oh, I've got oh, to, yeah. I've got to jot down what, what just came out of that experience. And, you know, it, since I'm already holding that device in my hand, right. I'm just kind of throwing some options out there for people, you know, if, it, if they're not in a place just yet where they've got a, a significant portion of their day carved out to go to a quiet place. Some of us don't have quiet places. It's some true. of us have toddlers. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know about um, that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my quiet time is during nap time and with a computer in my lap, just trying to to get as much out of out of that time um, alone as I can. But something that really struck me that I want to I want to go back and just highlight really quick about what you just said is that meditation piece. Yeah. Right. So we're we're looking all the time for something to do, right? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. I need to read. I need to pray. A journaling can help get my thoughts in order and, mm -hmm. you know, make connections and, and I'm doing and I'm doing, but stopping, right? And just being still Ooh. and letting, and letting God have a moment to communicate with you. In that stillness, instead of it just going, go, 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 go the whole That's time, right. I feel like is so important. And when I've had, mm -hmm. when I've had an opportunity to do that as part of, of my practice and I, and, and that's an easy part to slip away from, mm -hmm. um, it totally is. it's been so incredible mm -hmm. that meditation piece that just being yeah. still and letting him you know, affect you through the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and what you've just read. You know, what the funny thing about this, um, you can see it um, coming out of the scriptures itself. The Psalms is often talking about this. We have verses that talk about being still and knowing that he is God. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, there's something about being still physically. I like to go for a walk when I'm meditating. Sometimes... I will literally just sit down somewhere. Ideally, if it's quiet. Again, people are in different places and different moments in their lives, and it may not be as quiet, but, but to the extent that you can just pause, close that Bible, to turn off that device, and allow what you just read. I like to do it for 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes if I can in the morning. Um, I come back, so when I was talking about that one verse, that I will hide in my heart for the day. Here's what I'll do. It's real simple. I'll take about a few minutes, five minutes, maybe, um, usually around the time that I eat. So 
um, kind of kind of echoing Daniel, right? <laughs> it's like three times a day. So I usually have that first time in the morning time where I'm reading, meditating, and then journaling. But then I'll come back around lunchtime and take a few minutes to stop, to be still. Uh, I'll quickly go over that verse. We'll look at that one verse. It doesn't take much time. And then I'll just literally close my eyes and try to allow that verse to have a callback effect. Yes, that one verse was speaking potently to me for that day, but it also brings back to my mind the story, everything else that was wrapped around what I read that morning. It kind of brings it all back to my mind. Right. And I feel like I'm brought back to that place that I was at with Jesus in the morning. Mm. And all that was flooding into my mind at that moment kind of starts to come back. And it's like a recentering effect kind of brings me back. I get a a sense of the presence of God again, the guidance, the, the love of God, everything that, that I experienced that morning. And I come back again towards the end of my day, maybe around dinner time. It doesn't have to be these exact times, whatever is a meaning, meaningful time for someone. And um, again, it has the same effect. I'm usually tired at the end of the day. Um, you know, sometimes you forget. You forget what you read. What was that thing I read? Somebody gets on your nerves and your emotions are in a lot of different places. But when I come back, just to that one verse, um, man, I, I, I don't even know how to put into words what that does for me mentally, regu regulating your emotions, um, a sense of peace, of direction, of calm, um, of, I don't know, you just, everything's okay. Yeah. I think it's, I think that's why there's so many metaphors in the Bible, because until you have that personal experience yourself, you don't know what that peace that passes understanding yeah. means. You don't know what that burning or that fire in your heart means until you, you've had an opportunity to experience it. And, and that's why, you know, you hear um, Christians chasing that all the time, right? You know, like, let me get back to that space where I had that peace and let me get back to that space where, you know, I had that burning inside of me that made me want to share that, you know, I want it to be contagious, right? I want to share it with somebody. I want to rub it off on somebody else, right? And But you, you can do what you can to plant those seeds and to, to inspire, but they're the ones that have to make that connection through the Holy Spirit for themselves. And Oh, man. You just said something that is so critically important about this. I'm so glad you said it because it brought it back to my mind. I would, I would be, I'd feel horrible if I didn't mention this. What you just said is the natural outgrowth of this experience, right? This reading, meditating, and journaling through scripture that I've that I've been on for so so long now. The natural outgrowth of this is for you to want to bring others into the same experience. Yes. It, uh, it's to the point where I have this longing in my heart that I, I, it's just when I see people going through a rough time in their life, um, issues that, 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 that come in all kinds of forms, mental health issues, challenges, stresses. And I just want to say, can I show you something that I think can help? Can I, or sometimes, sometimes, even if they're already familiar with the Bible, even if they're already a part of my faith community, they may even be familiar with studying the Bible, but they may not be doing some of what I'm doing and may not be able to benefit from the same thing I've been benefiting from, whatever. Um, it creates in me this longing for them to have the heartburn experience like you were describing as well. And 
often, even when I get that one verse that the Lord has uh, placed in my heart, says, hey, this that you read this morning is for you. Most of the time, it's not just for me. So often what happens is I'm interacting with somebody in my day and I'm listening to what they're going through. And that verse comes back to my mind. And I go, man, I just read something this morning. And boom, now I have an opportunity to share something. And I go, oh, that wasn't just for me. <laughs> you intended it for this person too. And what this often will turn into is a small group that I essentially start forming where what we do is every day we're reading, meditating and journaling through scripture. And I'll usually do this through a Bible reading plan. And then we get together once a week and essentially what we're doing is we're going through those four journal entries and we're essentially saying, hey, you, you don't have to be a Bible scholar. It's so simple and yet so profound and powerful. Anybody can do it. So you're basically just simply saying, hey, what this week stood out to you in God's character of love that you saw in scripture? What was that one thing that you saw that stood out to you about God's character of love? And everybody gets a chance to share and maybe point to whatever scripture that was. And then the next one. What picture of Jesus or him crucified gave you assurance of salvation that stood out to you this week? Boom. Look at that. What did God say to you this week that really stood out to you that you want to share? And then what's that one verse that like really spoke to you? It could be a verse from today or from another day during the week. Did you, did, do you have it memorized? You want to share it from your heart or do you just want to read it? That's what we basically do. And you add food and of course, prayer and you know, all of that's great to do it in person or online. And this makes and it makes it easy to facilitate, easy to lead. It's fun. It's deep. It's meaningful. Um, it's, it's not intimidating. If you're talking about people maybe from a different faith community or denomination, you're just reading the Bible. Um, yeah. You're just reading the Bible together and you're going through it together and kind of sharing what your experience is. And it's easily reproducible. I, I love that idea that journaling can lead to building communities. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's, that's really awesome because sometimes we do need a little bit of support to help us to, to stick with something that sometimes exactly. gets mundane mm -hmm. um, or, you know, if you're not feeling it. Um, so, you know, there's been a few times in my process that I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling like doing this today. And then, you know, for somebody else's fire to help rekindle mine would, would be an amazing thing. So one of the other questions that I'm just curious about is just how did you get introduced to journaling? It seems like you've made changes over time to make it a more meaningful experience for you on a personal level, mm -hmm. but who, who started this whole thing for you? I believe there are two pivotal moments in my life where journaling became um, something that is indispensable for my time with Jesus. This has my testimony. Um, the first thing that happened to me, going kind of back to what we were talking about at the beginning, is my call to pastoral ministry. Once I finally surrendered to that, 2010, one of the first classes that we took that summer, 2010, was with a wonderful professor called Dr. Joseph Kidder. And the first class was on biblical spirituality, essentially connecting with Jesus. What does it look like to develop a relationship with Jesus practically, especially now that you're being trained to be a local pastor? And journaling was one of the things that we included in understanding 
what that looks like. And we even did a spiritual retreat one day that included journaling. But here's the thing that, that took my, my journaling and that whole thing to the next level. And I noticed there's a, there's a connection, there's a parallel between uh, what happened to me when I finally surrendered to the call to pastoral ministry. So you're feeling the weight of that responsibility. And you're like, look, um, I want to have a vibrant relationship with Jesus if I'm going to be able to pastor people, <laughs> right? Right. It's got to come from a real place. I can't give what I don't have. Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad that they did that. And that was the first class I took, right? But another similar experience happened when my wife, after I started pastoring, about a year and a half into pastoring, my wife announced to me that we're having a baby. <laughs> it was the first baby of two. And it was my son. And it just so happens that I happened to be reading in Genesis chapter 5, where Enoch is introduced. And it talks about Enoch walking with God and uh, kind of like, you know, another way of saying that he had a relationship with God. But here's the thing that jumped out at me when I just heard that my wife, you know, was going to have that we were going to have a baby is that the part of the passage that said that Enoch was, I think he was 65 and he had his first son. Really? That's what precedes that verse about him walking with God. And I'm going to read some commentary, great inspired commentary, Patriarchs and Prophets, expounding on that, that essentially there was this connection between I just had my first child and I'm a child of God. Mm. And, and how that led him to go to want to go deeper in his relationship with God and his walking with God. And I said to myself, and this is just my testimony now coming out of reading that passage, I just said, I want to walk with God. Now, I was already walking with him in terms of relationship, but I kind of took this, in my experience, to mean meditate by going for a walk with mm. God. You took it literally. <laughs> I took it literally. I said, I'm going to carve, in other words, but the idea here is I'm going to not just read the passage and journal, for, and, and journal but I want time in between reading and journaling to just sit with what I just read, even in the lens of the gospel, even in the lens of highlighting and looking for those four journal entries every day. I want to take time to allow you to just speak to me however you want to speak to me. That really shaped what is now um, my experience in journaling every day, right? Um, it's right. reading the Bible, it's meditating on the scripture, and then in light of what I'd read and now meditated on, journaling, uh, and very simple. It's, it's, not, it's like a page, not if that, that I, right. that, I, that I actually write every day. It's not like pages. I don't even know if I have time right. <laughs> in my schedule. But it's really just yeah. it's so simple. Four things, one page, boom. Yeah, I think maybe that's when somebody hears journaling, um, they get a little intimidated because they think that they need time to write out five pages in order to feel accomplished. You, you really don't need to do that. No. It's, it's, there's just something, um, almost magical about that physical doing of something in response to what you have just learned in any application, not just in a biblical application, but you know, when you're taking notes, when you're studying for uh, any kind of a class, 
you know, you're, they've proven that you're more likely to retain it. And so just engaging with the material in that way, and it doesn't take pages and pages. It really doesn't. And um, you just said something, you know, that sparked something that's so important. Our generation, and especially in the West and in in America, like our context here, is such a fast-paced, instant gratification type of time we're living in. And to develop a daily habit or rhythm or practice of stopping, of slowing down, to listen, which we don't often do very well of in our current, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we got to go, we got to move. There's something that I've got to do. And it's so counterintuitive, it's so countercultural to say stop, to say pause. Um, daily or even in the idea of weekly practice of Sabbath, right? To pause, to be, just to be, to be uh, with God. They say we're human beings and not human doings. Um, and before <laughs> we do, we need to be. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what um, meditating before journaling has meant for me is to intentionally put into my daily rhythm a a pause, a a slowing down to listen and to be. And I I think there's something that we don't get from our time with scripture and our time with Jesus um, when we don't do that. If you you think about it really practically, right? If you're on a date, you you might've been attracted with that person in a superficial way, like what they look like, their car or their interests, whatever. But when you sit down to eat with somebody or you sit down just to spend time with somebody, at that point, you're going beyond the superficial. At this point, you're there to get to know who they are. You want to know their character. Yeah, it's kind of like just sitting down and going, tell me about yourself. Yes. You know? <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. 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 That's good. There's something about being with God and knowing him relationally that is just life-giving yes when you when you get confronted with that much love Mm. it's so hard not to be changed yes right yeah yeah is there a passage of scripture that you can recall being you know dramatically enhanced or changed by this journaling process for you yeah absolutely i love the psalms and um, usually when I'm reading through a Bible in a year, I'm usually um, in the Psalms around summertime. And I'll never forget uh, reading this passage and others like it at my mom's place in her back patio, looking over the, uh, the water. And um, this is Psalm 16 that I want to read here. And okay. it's a short Psalm, but I think this is a great Psalm to really look at and experience these four journal entries. So here we go. Psalm 16. This is what is described as a miktam of David. So this is David, his experience and his words. Here we go. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. 
The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offerings of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your, and in your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Okay. Amen. Well, I just read that from the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. I would take time after reading that to just put this aside, put the scriptures aside and go meditate on what I just read. Right? Oh, man. As I was reading that, there were things that were jumping out at me even that I had not even really seen. And this is often what will happen. Every time you come back, even to a familiar passage and you do this kind of process, something will jump out at you. But right away, the first thing is what did I see as I was reading that? about God's character of love, what God is like, okay? And several things jump out at me. Now, this is not for you to be exhaustive, the kind of person that might um, have a tendency to want to make sure, did I get every single thing that was coming out of the passage <laughs> about God's character? You wanna resist that, you really do. What I try to encourage people to do, especially after you've spent time meditating on the passage, what sticks out in your mind? That's not to be exhaustive. It could be one thing. It could be five things. So um, right. just whatever is sticking out. Oh, wow. God is like this. Okay. For me, right away, I see that God, verse one, is my refuge. If I was writing this, and often I will, in my journal, I will usually do descriptive statements like you are blank. See, real simple. You are my refuge. And I like to write it as I'm as as I am writing directly to God, directly to the one mm. I'm sitting with at a dinner table, right? Like that date we were talking about. Yeah. You are I'm talking to him. Yeah, what what I hear you saying is <laughs> you know, just like that therapy kind of a thing where you like repeat exactly. what you just heard. Exactly. And that's the way I frame this process when you're journaling, do it as you, as if you're sitting across from that person. So you are my refuge. Is that going to mean something for me that day? If I'm going through a rough time and God is my refuge, that's a, that's a revelation of his character of love because he's love. He is my refuge. I see in verse two that I have no goodness aside from the Lord. Yeah. 
you are the source of everything good or you're the source of all good things that I experience or however you want to say that that's meaningful for you. But the part that really jumps out at me, and it might be where a lot of people are familiar with this passage, is when you come down to verse eight on on down to the rest of the passage. And uh, this, I just, I get, I just, it just stirs me. It just stirs me. Okay. Um, some of us may be familiar with this latter part of the passage, particularly if we are familiar with scripture, we're particularly familiar with certain texts, like proof texts, if you will, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the Messiah, when it comes to the resurrection. This passage in this chapter is quoted often in the New Testament. Why? It's quoted often in the New Testament because it is a passage that is explicitly speaking about the resurrection of Jesus Messiah. You see this in Acts chapter two, particularly. It'll come a little bit later on when Paul starts his ministry. They will refer to this, this psalm as a text that spoke to the resurrection of Jesus. And so what I first want to do in the light of this first entry is just quickly go to verse nine, where it says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely. I'm going to just tell God, God, you cause my heart to be glad. You cause my heart to rejoice. You see? So this, this is a revelation of God. God is, is the one, is the source of my joy. God, you are the source of my gladness, right? But now I, wanna, I want us to now start to think about that second entry. We have now, based on what we've probably journaled, we now have a revelation of God's character, what he's like, who he is to us. But now, as the greatest revelation of God's character of love is what we see emerging from the passage as a revelation of Jesus or him crucified that assures us of salvation. Well, this is the powerful part of the passage. David goes on to say now in verse number 10, after just talking about God causing him to dwell securely, he then says, for you will not abide abandon my soul to Sheol. Sheol. Sheol in Hebrew is the grave. You will not abandon my soul in Sheol, the grave or the place of the dead, right? Nor, watch this now, nor will you allow your holy one to undergo decay. Nor will you allow your holy one to undergo decay. What's being said there? Well, David in verse 10 is saying, the Lord is not going to allow my body, he's not going to allow me, right, to remain in the grave. Hmm. He's, he's already there speaking about the hope, the surety of his own resurrection. Hallelujah. But watch this. But, he, but what's giving him that hope of his own resurrection? Well, it's what comes next in verse 10. Nor will you allow your holy one to undergo decay. I have hope of my own resurrection because you're not, Father, you're not going to even allow your holy one to remain in the grave or undergo decay, a decaying body that's lying there in the tomb and remain there. 
He's saying my resurrection, the hope of my resurrection is directly lodged, is directly linked to my hope in the Holy One's resurrection. Well, how do we know who this Holy One is? Well, he's not referring to himself. And this is, by the way, what Peter is talking about in Acts chapter 2. He's preaching on the day of Pentecost, a gospel message about the resurrection of Christ, not too far from the location of David's tomb there in Jerusalem. And he's saying, look, David's body is still here lying in this tomb. His resurrection hasn't happened yet. He said, however, David could speak of the hope of his resurrection. Why? In light of the resurrection of Messiah. Holy one there is another euphemism or another metaphor, a term that is used to also refer in the scriptures to the Holy One, the Messiah, the Holy One who is anointed with the Holy Spirit, the King of Israel. Because of Messiah's resurrection from the dead, I have hope of my own resurrection. That's going to jump out at me as what's giving me assurance of my own salvation, no matter how messed up, no matter how many times I've made mistakes, what sin I've stumbled into. That day that I read Psalm 16 brings me back to the hope of my own salvation, the security that David is feeling in his relationship with God, in his future hope, is coming out of the hope of the death and resurrection of Messiah. Amen. Woo. You have had years of experience in journaling, right? You've You've come through journaling this passage several times is what I've heard you say based on how you read the Bible annually and you go through this journaling process. I just wanted to take a quick pause right here for anybody who's just starting out and they're like, wow, am I supposed to be able to do that, do that. every time right. I read? No, no, you're not, but you're going to get there, right? And I feel like this is just a, a good time to pause for a second and just realize that even if you didn't make all of those connections to acts and all of those connections to the Messiah, you you're already getting there when you pause and you think about how, like you said before at the beginning, God is my refuge, mm -hmm. right? And then David is expanding upon that idea mm -hmm. as he gets into a revealing of the Messiah Yes. as we move through the scripture, right? Absolutely. So even if you're not there yet in making all of these, you know, cross-referenced connections, you're still going to get that message that God has for you there because, because he, he is a refuge and we have that refuge and that salvation from, from whatever has us under attack today because of what he's done as the Messiah, right? So even if we're not, you know, ready to, to make all of those connections, even if we haven't spent enough time in scripture for those things to pop into our head, that message is still present in this, in this chapter. And I just, I just wanted to share that Yes. Um, with my listeners who who might just be like, "Wow, I'm I'm still staring at a blank page, right? You know, and and look what he got out of this. Yep, eleven well, I verses. What, I don't know what Sheol is or whole <laughs> right? stuff. That's true. And because I've been doing this, yes, for a while, I'm going to see some things that 
you probably don't see until you start to get a little bit more familiar with the story, right? But one of the first things that I do when I teach people to journal, and I have this on, a, on my website, is that people can first start with the gospel story. Just start with one of the four gospels. We're reading a passage in the Old Testament. And yes, as you're familiar with reading through the entire Bible, there are some things that are going to come up later on in the story that are going to be callbacks to what's in the Old Testament and make those connections to Jesus. And that comes with becoming more familiar with the story, especially if you do it multiple times. But even if you're just in one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, even just knowing what's in those stories, which is basically just really foretellings of the one story of Jesus, oh, wow, it's going to sometimes do it for you right there in the passage. It's going to show you how Jesus is connected to some of these Old Testament references. You can literally, because it's telling the story of Jesus, see how it's connected to Jesus right there in the story. And you don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be someone that's very familiar with the Bible. Because the truth is, the entire Bible is about one person. It's about Jesus. And you're going to see those kind of connections more and more as you get familiar with him. But, uh, but as you can see, you can see that he's your refuge. You can see that he's your source of hope. I mean, this is a lot of what David is doing is he's basically saying, as I'm in this relationship with you, Yahweh, Yahweh meaning Old Testament way of referring to God, I have this joy in my relationship with you. And here's why. Here's why I have this hope. Here's why I have this gladness. And this is the thing that spoke to me. Like if I was writing what, what was speaking to me for the day, entry three now, uh, I would probably put what he put down in verse 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. That's probably my favorite line. In your presence is the fullness of joy. In your, at your right hand or in your right hand, depending on your, your Bible translation, there are pleasures forevermore. How many of us think of a relationship with God as being the source of the fullness of joy, as producing eternal pleasure. We tend to look in our lives for pleasure and joy in every other place but a relationship with God. And he's saying there is a lasting joy, a full joy. There is an eternal pleasure arising out of this experience that I have with you that I can't find anywhere else. I mean, I, I can't think of a better thing to sum up even the journaling experience or meditating after reading scripture than that. It, it, it just, it's what happens um, daily. And no matter what you're going through, God, through this, this experience, can remind you, can refill you with that eternal joy and pleasure that comes from knowing him. That's good stuff. Man, and just to think that this conversation is an example of what you can do on a daily basis through spending time in the word mm -hmm. and and just jotting down a few thoughts along the way. And I'm so glad that you've offered our listeners some questions that are going to help prompt them exactly. through the process. Like I said, we've already spoken with a couple of others who have their own process and their own questions, getting to those um, relational uh, Bible study tips and everything like that. Yeah. But I wanted to 
point out um, that you not only have some tools on your website, uh, Living for Him. Uh, .tv, but you also have your own Life in Christ daily devotional journal that some of our listeners might be interested in as a way to get started. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about what what you've got in there for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, as we just talked about joys forevermore, pleasures forevermore, that would probably be just to cap that my verse for the day in Psalm 16, verse 11. But the resource um, Life in Christ is essentially what came out of what we've been talking about, Lindsay. It's what came out of my experience of journaling. And I said, you know, this is something that's been so meaningful to me. I want to give it as a gift to other people. So the Lord impressed me to put together this journal. It's a journaling resource called Life in Christ. And that title pretty much sums up um, what it's meant for me. It's, it's been my way of experiencing life in Christ. And it takes everything we've just talked about and even offers some tips, even some of what we talked about just a moment ago in terms of how do you make those connections. Um, the first part of the journal actually is kind of a guide on how to see God's character of love emerging from the text, how to see uh, pictures of Jesus or him crucified kind of coming out of the text. What does that look like? What are some examples? to help prompt people if they're reading through scripture. And then it just spends the, the rest of the journal is literally the journal itself. But instead of just merely being blank pages, every page has a place for you to put the date. Um, I like to put a song. I like to begin my time with the Lord with music, whether I'm singing the song or I'm listening to the song on my, on my, I, my iPhone uh, music library. I'll just put what song I, I listened to that day and then the passage of scripture. On that page for Life in Christ are several options for Bible reading plans. It begins with one of the Gospels. You can read just like one chapter or less. It could be a, a, a passage of verses for the day. It just depends on your time. And if you're just starting, I usually encourage people to just pick one of the Gospels, maybe Mark, and just start slowly. Start with Jesus. Start with his story. Uh, but you start with a Bible reading plan and you read your passage for the day. You close that book. You go and take whatever, whatever the 5, 10, 15, or I like to do 30 minutes of meditation. I usually like to go for a walk, close the Bible, be with the Lord, then come back and then journal. And so those four entries are what guides this time with Jesus. I'm looking for his character of love, the cross, what the spirit is saying to me, and that one verse for the day. And um, yeah, it's changed my life. It's already all set up. Oh, yeah, that might just be the perfect tool for somebody who's who's starting out and and decided that they want to try um, your prompts for their for their start. And so I I really appreciate you sharing that resource with us. And that can be found on your website. That's correct. Livingforhim.tv, and we'll be sure to have that link available to our listeners when they um, download the PDF so that they can get straight over to it and um, get their copy so that they can get started doing what you do, right? Yeah. Because it's it's been working for you. It's changed my life, man. Yeah, that's the goal for sure. And and changing a changed life is, is the ultimate goal, it is. right? That's what the purpose, yes, of all of this is. So I really appreciate your time today, CJ. 
And um, I look forward to getting my own copy of that journal. And um, we also get to look forward to seeing you again on this podcast. <laughs> so um, I encourage everybody to uh, stay tuned. Amen. Thank you for having me. Thank you again for listening. We're so glad that you've chosen to be a part of our listening family. If you would please visit BibleHowTo.com and see how you can support our ministry. It would be most appreciated as well as going to any of our social media platforms and liking and subscribing and sharing is one of those ways that you can support us. Thank you again. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye-bye.